every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. America's not the same as it was 100 years ago. The violent mayhem we have seen in the streets and cities that are run by liberal Democrats. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host Booker and co-host Lou Basada. Most of the time when people follow me on social media, I spend a minute looking at their bio. You probably do the same thing. You know, that's that little blurb on Facebook or Twitter that allows us to explain who we are in 30 characters or less. Well, I liked this one this week from at Missy underscore Idaho. Fear is an illusion. Stupidity is a choice. And common sense is a punishment in today's society. And that really hit me. So I had to read it over again. And I even took a screenshot to save it. Fear is an illusion. Stupidity is choice. And common sense is a punishment in today's society. And it's really true. The fear we create in our minds prevents us from doing something to change the country or change the world or change our neighborhood to make change in the things that we don't agree with. It's obvious that stupidity is a choice that a lot of people are making in the world today. And common sense is lost in this world because there really is no other explanation for the things that we are seeing. Common sense is punishment. I'm Booker Scott, and thanks for joining me tonight here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. And guess what? More Trump indictments, and more probably are going to be coming. And I want to start there tonight for just a few minutes, and then we will meet a U.S. Senate candidate from California, James Bradley. Also, in the second half of this hour, we want to feature a young American that is actually doing something to make a difference. And he has aspirations to do so much more with his life. We'll hear from 23-year-old Angelo Soto in just a bit. Now, to the latest Trump indictment from political hack Jack Smith. I say that because Jack Smith's career has been a political hatchet job, and he isn't really good at it either. Smith's conviction against Virginia Governor Robert F. McDonnell, a Republican accused of accepting payments and gifts in violation of federal public corruption laws, it was overturned by the Supreme Court in an eight-to-nothing decision. Jeff Murdoch, a writer for the Washington Times, wrote this. Special Counsel Jack Smith, who has brought federal charges against former President Trump, is an overzealous prosecutor who relies on ethically dubious tactics, including media leaks and enticing witnesses, say those who have been caught in his snare in the past. Smith headed the Justice Department's Public Integrity Section during the Obama administration from 2010 to 2015, and he led a team of 30 prosecutors there pursuing public corruption cases against major political figures. Smith and other prosecutors, some working now on this Trump case, have followed a familiar playbook. The script earned Jack Smith a reputation as a really hard-driving, intense prosecutor. But a string of mistrials and overturned convictions led to sharp rebukes from federal judges. And that even includes the U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Roberts. There were a lot of political hit jobs by Smith. 
the case against former Senator John Edwards of North Carolina, a Democratic presidential candidate accused of illegally using campaign cash to conceal his mistress and his love child, well, that ended in a hung jury and a mistrial. The prosecution of Senator Robert Menendez, a New Jersey Democrat, accused of taking bribes, that collapsed in a mistrial. The conviction of New York Assembly Speaker Sheldon Silver, a Democrat, a federal corruption charges was overturned by an appeals court. He was convicted during a second trial, but an appeals court then threw out three of those six guilty verdicts. I'm no attorney. We have great attorneys like Tom Renz on America Out Loud Talk Radio that can address the legal details. But I boil these D.C. indictments down like this. The indictment is charging Trump for exercising his right to question and challenge an election. And that is a right. John F. Kennedy did it with a separate slate of electors in 1960 against Richard Nixon. Initially, Nixon had Hawaii's electors certified for him, and there were some challenges in the courts by Kennedy. And a few weeks later, Kennedy's slate of electors was used, and obviously, Kennedy won the election. But Jack Smith must prove that Donald Trump did not believe there was election interference or fraud in the 2020 election. Otherwise, there isn't a case. No case here. We all know that Trump believes there was election fraud in 2020. Smith must prove beyond reasonable doubt that Trump doesn't believe that. And no one will believe that. Not even Jack Smith. Trump had a duty obligation, and most importantly, a right to free speech and to question the election. Of course, none of that matters with an Obama-appointed judge and a 98% Democrat jury in D.C., so it really comes down to a race against the clock to the 24 election. Trump's team, they're going to want to slow down the process, while Smith, the prosecution, and probably even the judge will try to speed everything up to convict Trump before the election. We'll watch, and we'll see how all of this unfolds. But those are my thoughts on the latest Trump indictment. Tulsi Gabbard has thoughts on this as well, and here's Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, the vision that our founders had for this country, that we would be a country of laws, not of men. But every single day that we see more and more evidence coming out about how President Biden and his administration are politicizing the Department of Justice to serve their own personal and political interests ahead of the interests of the country, we can recognize that they are directly and intentionally undermining that very foundation of our democracy, which is the rule of law. And they're doing it in two ways. Number one, specifically to go after political opponents, namely Donald Trump, Donald Trump supporters. And number two, to protect themselves, to protect Joe Biden, to protect Hunter Biden, to protect their personal and political allies. Uh, the American people need to recognize very clearly what is happening here, the threat to our democracy. And we have to make the decision uh, to to put a stop to this, to not allow this to go on, because otherwise we'll find ourselves in a situation in the United States of America where this is now the new norm. Whatever party becomes the party in power will say, hey, look, the last guy did this. We so we'll keep our eye on that, and we probably will see another indictment coming out of Atlanta in Fulton County for Trump. But right now, we should probably turn our attention to the things that we can control. And what can we do? We can look at our candidates locally. We can vet them. 
and we can be prepared for the 24 election. One guy that is trying to make a difference in the state of California, and he has an uphill battle in front of him. But we want to welcome him now to the program, and that's James Bradley. James, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Well, Booker, I have to tell you, when you reached out to me, I was jumping for joy. I'm glad <laughs> to be with you today. Uh, and, and we're thrilled to have you, too, because you have a big following on social media. And that's at James Bradley CA on Twitter. I think you're over a quarter of a million followers there. So that's great in getting your message out. And you kind of describe yourself as a centrist Republican. And I thought that's what I was at one point, but the left has lurched so far to the left. I feel like I'm standing in the same spot, but I feel like it's way far to the right. Describe a centrist Republican. What does that mean? I look at it more like common sense. Anyone that can fog a mirror these days <laughs> is, and I think there's some truth and jest in that Booker, because, you know, we look at how far the right has gone and, you know, Hey, I love my brothers and sisters, but let's not carry it too, too far. The left was, it's off. It's in comedy. It's in communist land. And, you know, I'm living right in the dead center of commie California. Yeah. So the way, only way we can get our messages out there is to be right, you know, because we do believe in God. We are pro-life. We believe the first, second, and every amendment on there. That's we got to get our message out because we got the ministry of truth on our neck. And let me tell you, it's not a pretty feeling, but we got to get the message out. So I have to kind of massage the, the, the language a bit so we can get some followers and get the message out there, Booker. And everybody, you can uh, find out more about uh, James Bradley at BradleyForSenate.com. He will be running against Adam Schiff in trying to get Dianne Feinstein's seat away from the Democrats. And just to give you the lay of the land for California, because so many people are so quick to say, well, it's a blue state. California is lost. I should bring it to your attention that there are 5.3 million registered Republicans there. And 47% of uh, registered voters are Democrats, but 24% are Republican and 23% are independents. So what is the messaging? How do you get across to people that we want to bring transparency to government? We want term limits and common sense solutions. What what are the common sense solutions that you have for Californians? Well, you've been reading my profile, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just being honest, Booker. You know, people have been, you know, like I said, you got the, the foot on the neck here. And you're right. Most of us, a large percentage are Republican, many of which have even re-registered as independent and some Democrats. So, and I had an interesting lesson, baptism by fire 2018 when I first ran against Diane, and it became very clear to me how, how polarized it was then that you amplify that by a thousand percent, and here we are today. So, hey, the to get the... And I hate to say centrist because you know what my you know where I believe my belief system, and they're going to put me right in the far right court category, and I'll accept that, and I'll accept them. They, they call me a Nazi because I know it's just mm -hmm. all you know sticks and stones. But at the end of the day, I believe more now than ever that the Californians have been victimized. Some are still in. 
uh, that it's the Stockholm syndrome boat, sure. you know, with the COVID lockdowns yeah. and all that, but they're seeing it. It's affecting Hollywood. It's, it's affecting Silicon Valley. You know, we have a large infiltration of the CCP here buying up land, farm, farmland, and they're actually affecting and, you know, a lot of their money goes into the Democrats here. But I'll give you some reference here. The state in the county of Los Angeles, we have more registered Republicans than most states in that one county. Yeah, yeah. In in LA, that's where the elections are determined. So the message out to the crowd here, I'm I'm on point. We know the crimes of Mr. Adam Shifty Shift. Mm-hmm. We got his number. People aren't ha- are not happy with this guy spending, wasting taxpayer dollars, vilifying the good work of our President Trump for five years. So they've seen it. They're done with it. The message is, okay, enough of the insanity. Let's get things back on track. Let's become the leaders. Let's remain the fifth largest economy in the world. Let's get, let's get back to work. James, I read that you would not consider yourself a Trumper. You know, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Do you think the, the people in Los Angeles, you, you're there, you have boots on the ground, you live there, you talk to people every day. Do you believe there are enough people in Los Angeles, Orange County, that they think, okay, we've got to do something different? The way Gavin Newsom is taking us is not working. Because we saw him recalled, but yet he had 66% of the vote over Larry Elder. And so it's almost like a straight Democrat uh, voting line there for Gavin Newsom, which kind of would say that the Democrats think he's doing a good job. Oh, yeah. All the polls will show that. But we know who owns the polls. Uh, Berkeley poll just came out one this morning, and they're just perfectly happy with that uh, tyrant in office. But, yeah, we're under the thumb of him. The highest taxes, the highest homeless rate, highest uh, uh, obscene drug trafficking that I haven't seen since the Coast Guard. It's it's gotten so bad here. But I think people see it differently now more than ever. And with respect to Larry Elder, uh, in a little background on this, uh, in 2020, when I ran against Ted Lieu, I made a promise. I got a call from someone out of the blue who said, hey, James. They're going to steal that election. It's 2020, the same election that uh, Trump ran in. Mm-hmm. And I said, I kind of dis- dismissed it because the guy was a Bernie supporter. I say, yeah, he's just throwing some balls, spitballs at me to see how I want to respond. Lo and behold, it all laid out exactly how he described it. And I said, well, I'm on point. We need to get some, we need to get some legal action in place. So I, I put together... Uh, 12 other congressional candidates and worked closely with the Election Integrity Project California. We formed a lawsuit. But our lawsuit was much completely different. It wasn't a standard election lawsuit. It was, we framed it as a civil rights constitutional lawsuit. Why? Because we knew that every election lawsuit was being dismissed without, without prejudice. So we reframed it. We went through the court system. Now we're going to go up to the Supreme Court. We're preparing it for that action now. In that process, I dug deep in that election, in the recall election. And guess who came out on top in that election? Larry Elder. Really? I did not know that. Larry Elder. God bless him. And he and I are good friends to this day. And I tell you, as soon as we get to the quick of it, we're going to see a different California. And, uh, you know, 
you know, get to know me over time. And I've, I want to put a lot, a lot of confidence on everybody, a lot of hope here. You know, you get a lot of patriots here in California. And we're working so doggone hard 24-7. And we're getting to it and we're reaching out. And what's going to win this next election, God bless us, our neighbors to the south. Those Mexican voters that came over here, that represents 47 part forty-seven uh, percent of the electorate. And I have half my family that Latino. So we got the message, brother, and we're gonna take it back. <laughs> uh, James, let's talk about some solutions. Let's say uh, you mentioned the border. You mentioned to the south of you there. Let's let's talk about the border and some solutions for that. Actually, I did a uh, being part of the the uh, well, the Coast Guard was part of the GHS back in the, now currently. But what I did some deep dive. I'm always at the border talking to the Border Patrol. But we're looking at what's happening in D.C., by the way, it's a big distraction for us Californians here. They're, they're weaponized the DOJ. So I don't make sure. a comment about that to respect Donald Trump and what he's going through. He has my support. But the cartel, the cartel is the largest terrorist organization in the world. And that is one of the main reasons why Mexicans and, and, and Southern Americans are coming this way. They're fleeing, they're escaping the cartels. So let's focus on cartels. And I think one of the other presidential candidates really honed in on that by bringing our military, those that are not deployed on the border. Great idea. But guess what? They got to dig deeper on what is really happening with the cartels, who they're working with. I have found ties from the cartels into the Democrat Party here in the state of California with some of those big names that you mentioned just briefly. And also my opponent, I haven't found any deep information on that just yet, but I can tell you with his uh, uh, relationship with uh, the Soros crowd, there's some ties there as well. But when you put the, you know, you follow the money, you connect the dots, you realize that's why we have our borders open. And if you go up in Northern California, the hemp fields, the marijuana fields, controlled by the cartel. If you talk to people that work in the DMV, cartel, inner city, cartel, cartel is everywhere in the state of California, border states, and probably in your part of the world as well. So we start talking about the solutions on the border. We have to put that number one because they are the largest terrorist group in the, in the world. So we refocus energy. And listen to this. This is the tragedy that we face here. How much have we spent and sent over to the Ukraine? $150 I billion, I believe, is about where we are. Yeah, I hear another, another $12 billion is about ready to go. Yeah. And just yesterday it came on ABC. $100 million of military arms and munitions going over the approved from the Pentagon. Think of that number. You know how much they gave the uh, Mexican government to fight off the cartel? Nothing, probably. Less, less than 100 million. And you know they need everything. They need, you know, the, the, the special ops equipment. They certainly need our help. But, you know, that's... The, the biggest issue we face here in California. Let me follow it's up. Effective. Let me follow up with uh, uh, the border real quick because I see I see the border as a human crisis, not a border crisis. It is. Uh, because we have 140,000 dead Americans from fentanyl. We have over 1,500 migrants that have died trying to cross the Rio Grande in just two and a half years, and and then we have 85,000 kids that are missing. So it is truly a human crisis. And when you look at solutions. I want to ask you, are, are you for 
the wall being completed. We got to shut down the border. And then on the other side of that, what do we do with 30 million people that are here illegally? Is it deportation? Is there amnesty? Where do you come down on those things? That's a real tough question because they're here. They're now somewhat acclimated, but we have to find the criminals first and deport them immediately. And that's where I'm really having a problem with my Eric Mayorkas. Um, yeah. I, I, he should be impeached, by the way. Oh, and I agree. I've, I've done shows on it and, and played the hearings and uh, actually played where he lied under oath. And there is no reason in the world that they have not already impeached him. He, he is low-hanging fruit. If you're not going to impeach him, you're not going to impeach anybody. Yeah, that's where I'm hoping, uh, you know, our, our leader, Speaker of the House, I'm hoping he, he uh, starts to think differently and gets a little stronger in his position and in his statements. Because I think everyone sitting here listening today, they're not real happy with Mr. McCarthy. Yeah. I certainly am not. And yeah, we need strong leadership. Yeah, we got a slim majority in the in, car, in the house, but dang it, we've got to do everything we can to show that we have strength. And right now, I don't see it. I agree completely but, uh, with you on that. Yeah, uh, we, we we need a win, and we have not had a win in a long time. And I I can't understand for the life of me why McCarthy wasn't ready to impeach Mayorkas in January. And then when you look at everything that the Bidens have done, which we all knew from the Senator Ron Johnson and Grassley report from 2020, before the election, we already knew that the money came from uh, Romania, China, and uh, Ukraine. We knew those things. Uh, But yet, Mm -hmm. here we are three, four years later, and we're still just investigating. And McCarthy is trying to get it to a point of an inquiry, which for those of you listening, an inquiry is nothing more than an investigation, which is what they've been doing for the last seven months. And I think politically, you're almost he is almost boxing himself in where it's going to get so close to the election cycle in 24 that they're not going to do anything because it will be perceived as just being an election political hit. Let's get back to you, because there's one thing there's one thing there that I've been a big proponent for for a long time, and that's term limits. And I see that that you are for term limits. I understand arguments against term limits, and I think there are some good good arguments for being against term limits. But as I see it, we're almost to a point now in the country. There's there's no other answer. These people in Congress are not going to get rid of themselves. I agree. Well, wholeheartedly, I I view it in really simple terms. In business, you have a certain age, a certain period in which you could be very productive. You kind of work up the ranks and you get into the senior leadership side. They retire. It's like a mandatory retirement in some some respects. I mean, you're talking about a position that carries authority, power of the pen in Congress. And, of course, in Senate, you could – you. uh, appoint and elect the judicials, uh, the judicial system, which we have big impact there. Is also international treaties with that position. And in this way, I kind of framed it up. I say, if you're going to go in the house, because every two years you're constantly campaigning, <laughs> and to really make some bench, uh, make some movements, it's going to be between five to six terms to really play it out. So that's twelve years. And I say, why not use the same model for Senate? That's two terms. Right. I figure you could do all the work you need done, and then you can train and prepare your office for the next two to come in. Of course, you don't want to forget the election process, but still, it's by grooming and nurturing the leaders of America. Because we, you know, look, look at Diane Feinstein. She, she should be 90 shortly if she isn't already. 
I mean, she had a slip and fall the other day and she's out of commission again. And God love her, she stays in, but it's not her that's keeping her in. You yeah. know that. So there has to be a term limits to be true representatives of the constituents that we serve. Otherwise, you're not answering the constituents. You're answering to the lobbyists, the special interests, the the late the unions, and that's not who you serve. So right now in the Senate, we have Feinstein, we have Fetterman, and we have Mitch McConnell. So you have three of the one hundred that don't know what day of the week it is, and they exactly. have that much power. It's just unbelievable that these people are still serving. And I think term limits is the only way that uh, we can get, get around that. Let's talk about uh, some foreign policy real quick. Let's talk about China because I see them as really the number one enemy. Everybody wants to look at Russia and what's going on with Ukraine. But to me, I believe that this has been China's proxy war for the last two years as they deplete America of financial and military resources as they get ready to go to Taiwan. You're 100% correct on that. Uh, We just found another laboratory. They're saying there's over 100 laboratories in the state of California. We found one in Fresno that just came out last week. That's how embedded they are, the CCP, and I'll say it. They are embedded here in California and other states. They are the threat to our our nation. And having served, it's easy for me to determine who's friend or foe. And what I've seen and how they influence the political process. And this is going down to dog catcher. That's how bad this is. Yeah. So, and they, they have a handshake deal. I'm not sure what the Soros tie is. But I, I do know when I go to San Francisco in Silicon Valley, you know, and some of the schools are like that. That is uh, Spy Central. They're training them up and they're providing that intel back to the party. And what we found out in 18 with um, Diane Feinstein, her driver, he was a Chinese spy. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, we just had last week two Chinese spies in our Navy that were born in China. There you go. Right there. They're, they're, they're part of the fabric now in the United States, and they're taking all the intel. And, and the worst thing we could have done was open arms to China and thinking that we're going to bring them into a free market. Uh, well, we're a constitutional republic, regardless of what they say. We're a democracy. Sure. They, they say democracy. I say no. That They're not programmed that way. No. The, leader, the, the leadership in the, in the party in China, we'll never have that. We've been played for how many decades now? And it's now coming to bear here in the way we live with the fentanyl crisis. And that's how they buy the cartel, by the way. They're very involved in Mexico, pushing and, the fentanyl. And, and you know, I believe that China wants America completely intact. I don't look at them as uh, invading America militarily. I see them really just trying to take us over every other way and make us think that we're still in control. You know, you mentioned term limits. We were talking about that. And when it comes to China, they have a 100-year plan. And because we're always doing elections, even a two-year cycle now seems like we have about three or four months off and then we're back into another election, that it's hard for us to really pay attention uh, from 30,000 feet because we're always down in the weeds with elections, it seems like. I want to get your yeah, so, I, I want to get your thoughts on the Republican, the RNC. Are you getting help? Are you getting the help and the love that you need to pull off a successful campaign in the state of California? You know, uh, 
I, I believe I'm being in the military, you earn your stripes and you you accept that position. In 18, I was the top Republican in that race. And the question to the RNC is, was at that time, why, why didn't you back Bradley? And the answer was, we didn't have enough money to get him through through the general election. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a money play back then, at least. The question is, where are they today? Are they part of that establishment? There's been a lot of accusations and allegations that they are. However, I still hold true that if they're willing to step in and help out to save the great state of California and the nation, I'm certainly open to it. But I'm um, of a belief that, hey, you lead or you follow or you get the heck out of my way because <laughs> I'm coming, brother. <laughs> so, so I don't expect it. And if it happens, I'll be so, so happy. Yeah, but you just so what you're saying is, no, you're not getting any help from the RNC or, or Ronna McDaniel. You would love to have it. But if not, you're going to keep going anyway. And and we certainly wish you luck. And I, I James, I want to give you the opportunity here to kind of close out this segment and make your pitch to the American people that are listening here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, thank you. And everyone listening, God bless you for one. God has us that, by the way, and I answer to the highest authority right now. He's giving us directions. He's saying, hey, you keep fighting. You keep fighting that hill and he's going to direct us. So the good thing about this is, and as you measure and evaluate your candidates going forward, ask them what they're doing currently. Don't ask them for promises, what you hope to do in the 100 days that you're in office. Ask them what they're doing now. And I could speak to that because I've been on the ground since 2018 helping our veterans, helping the homeless, dealing with the drugs that they're trying to push down in central California, the Remdesivir, killing people, you know, going into Afghanistan, rescuing the remaining U.S. citizens and just did an operation in Niger, getting out 14 missionaries. That those are the questions you ask those that are running for office. What are you doing for you? What are you doing for us now? No more promises. Get active. So that's one thing. Two, go to my website. It's bradleysenate.com. And on there is a phone number. I want you to call me. We're going to have a conversation because you need to be part of this. If we're going to take back the nation in God's name and you're a God-loving person, regardless of your faith, I want to hear from you. You need to weigh in. You need to be part of this fight for the great nation we live in. So I want to leave you in the, with that message. I'm always open. And you can go to my Twitter space. You can see I'm the good old bad ASS. And <laughs> I'm hammering them left and right. And I'll never give in. James, thank you so much for joining us. I really do appreciate you taking the time. We're going to come back with uh, another young Republican, a young conservative, 23-year-old Angelo Soto. He's going to tell you what he wants to do in his future. He's an interesting young man, 23 years old, Angelo Soto, coming up next on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. 
If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has. Creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the program on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I am Booker Scott. 
want to really thank you for finding our program however you found us. It really means a lot to us. One thing we try to do on this program is is bring you some people maybe that you are not aware of that are out here in the country that are trying to make a difference. And even more important to me, and one thing that, that I get uh, you know, a, a morale boost from is seeing young, great Americans doing something to make a difference. Because I think it's easy for us to forget that there are young conservatives out there making a difference. A couple of months ago, I brought you uh, Caleb Slater, who was running for state office in upstate New York, only 26 years old, but he was really, really impressive. And I'm glad you got to hear him. Today, I want to bring you Angelo Soto. He's 23 years old. He recently graduated from college. He has a, a background. His heritage is both Puerto Rican and African American. But I want to introduce you to him because he is so active and it's so important for him to make a difference in this country. So, right now, let's welcome Angelo to the program. Angelo, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Booker, thank you very much for having me on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I really want to get into what what you're all about because I ran across you on social media, and I know that you are involved in helping some campaigns. You are originally from Michigan, so if we could just start maybe tell us your background, uh, how you grew up, where you grew up, and, and then eventually we'll get to where you are now. So uh, my name is um, uh, Angelo, and I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, I went to school in Pennsylvania for college. Uh, I graduated from Eastern Eastern University, and I got a degree in political science and business administration. I was raised in a Christian household. Um, that's sort of where that's where I um, sort of got my uh, roots from and my values from right um and then i also went to uh pioneer high school uh where i graduated uh, with all a's and then i also have done a lot of different political uh political things as well yeah let's get into the politics that you have done because i think it's impressive that at 23 years old how active you have already been. Tell us a little bit about your internships, what you have been doing, and what you want to continue to do in the political arena. Yeah, so I have worked for many different um, political organizations, uh, such as the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, where I served as a researcher slash um, intern there where, where I served under the Veterans Affairs and Emergency Parents Committee um, under Karen Bobak and uh, Rick O'Leary and Sean Harris. And then also I was a Student Government Association member. Um, so I served as a Senator uh, Secretary for them um, where they had a lot of emails, um, uh, outreach and whatnot. I also um, uh, pushed back against our mask policy. Uh, they they had during during COVID during COVID you pushed mm -hmm. back uh, mm -hmm. on on wearing masks and that was in the state of Pennsylvania. Yes, correct. Yes. So what did you do for that? 
so uh, pretty much I got together with a few of my friends. Um, we weren't rude at all. Um, we just said that, that we wanted this optional. So we started a petition on a website. Um, there was a lot of backlash from students. Um, um, it wasn't more so the faculty at all. Um, yeah, I can imagine all those students at yeah. a university being being already brainwashed into wearing masks, and here you come with a group of people <laughs> saying, "Let's let's not wear masks." Yeah, I mean, so I did that, um, and and we kind of changed, you know, um, and l- like I said before, we weren't really rude about it. We just sort of like said we want to have it optional, you know. And then I have also, when I was working in Pennsylvania, I gave a speech on um, a uh, opposition bill on critical race theory. And, where, and where, where did you give that speech? So everybody knows exactly where you were. So I was And, and again, this was, a, against, this was against critical race theory is what this speech was against. Yes. Okay, and, and where did correct, you give yes. that speech? So I gave this speech at the Pennsylvania House of Rep- Representatives. Uh, it was it was in a chamber, um, and there were um, um, about maybe forty or fifty people in there, I think. And it was about a ten-minute speech, and you guys can actually go look that up um, on the internet as well. Okay, how so, how um, how could people find that? Do you know how is that on YouTube? Where where could people find that speech? It's on Facebook. Okay. So um look up uh my name, Angelo Soto, and then go to videos and it should be the first one right there. Okay. And so the outcome yep. of that speech, did it did it do any good for you or do you feel frustrated as a result of giving that speech? It was good. Um you know, I really enjoyed it, and and uh, when the people asked me questions uh, regarding that um, policy, um, you know, I stopped my toes, and I also just understood the, the issues at hand. You know, um, I have also worked for CPAC. Uh, the Conservative Political Action Committee, um, where I served as a um, government affairs intern, um, where I did a lot of research policy um, for them um, under uh, uh, Matt Schlapp and and uh, Mercedes, um, and I really enjoyed that. Um, it was a lot of hard work. Um, but I think I learned a lot about working for one, one of the um, second most influential conservative organizations in the world. You know, um, Angelo, I, there, there are a lot of good young conservatives that are out there on the street. And I think a lot of us old folks that sit around and listen to radio programs like this or we sit on social media, whether we're tweeting or putting stuff on Facebook, maybe we don't recognize that. But when I have been in the street doing things, I know that the, many people are familiar with Scott Pressler. He had an event here in my city that I went to, 
And Turning Point USA was one of those organizations that had young people out there trying to register people to vote. So I think it's I think it's great to hear people like you and for us to see people like Turning Point USA that are trying to make a difference to kind of turn this country around as as hard as it may be and as impossible as it may feel sometimes there there is hope in people like you let me get to your motivation you mentioned as we started this conversation about being brought up in a conservative christian home and and christianity is obviously a big part of who you are but but other than that what is your motivation for doing the things that you do being active like you are to try to make a difference in the country. We are at a crossroads within this nation, um, whether it be transgenderism, whether it be a a uh, identity politics, whether it be Marxist ideologies that seek to destroy the American values that that are within this country. Whether it be rioting, uh, because people believe that you know this country is quote unquote a horrible racist society, which is not. It's not. Yeah, and and Angela, um, where where yeah. do you think that comes from? Uh, you hang around younger yeah. people. Why, why do so many of them hate this country? Why do they feel that way? Well, I think that you know, I think that it's the schools. You know, I wouldn't say it's every single school, you know, because there are good schools, but it's the media. It is, it is, it is uh, Democrat run cities, you know, and it's people being bought into the narrative that's divisive, right? They're saying that, that, that a America is a bad place and B that that because of the color of your skin you know you have to be oppressed or or you are a a racist and and that's not every single student you know um i'm not saying that but at the same time it's sad to see so many of these people say we're gonna fight for racial um, inequality when America isn't even racist, you know? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make any sense, does it? You, you mentioned critical race no. theory a minute ago, and of course yes. that is to make us recognize someone's skin color from the beginning instead of judging someone by the content of their character. And yes. if you want to boil down critical race theory to the simplest terms, I think that pretty well does it. And and for so many of us in this country that grew up under Martin Luther King and, and his teachings, it is the complete opposite of what he taught us. And so after living a life under that, now we come to this point in society where it's the exact opposite. Let's go back to judging someone by the color of their skin. And I wonder sometimes, as you mentioned, the other young people that are in your age bracket, mm-hmm. does it become cool to be someone that hates the country? Is it, does it become cool to identify with the trans movement because there are so many people involved? And if you're not in the cool group, then 
you know, you're, you're chastised. I don't know. It's a thought that I have and then thought about it before. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, you know, I think that so many people are saying, Hey, you know, I want to belong in this community. I think that 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 is really what it boils down to, you know, um, look at, um, the, the, the LGBTQ, you know, um, there are, um, organizations that that are against the trans movement like gays against groomers right and there 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 are people who say hey um you know we want to be accepted but if there's a point where it's a problem it's when people start saying you must be a you must conform to this you must accept us or else we're going to um attack you you know yeah so um, it's almost that, fascism isn't yeah. it i mean it, 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 it's it, the, it, the opposite of freedom and liberty and justice for mm-hmm. all isn't it like i said you know i have friends who are a part of that community you know i have that's that's your life you know you go live that but but don't sit here and shove it down my throat when i'm not saying that that's okay we have to love love those as as christ did you know we're not supposed to hate people i don't hate anyone that way i don't i don't um i just disagree with the issues but 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 that has become a problem in this country it's mm-hmm. almost it's almost like we can no longer just disagree with someone that we have yeah. to conform to uh, what someone else believes and i think that's what you're talking about but uh, when you look at this country and you look at people in your age demographic do you feel like there is hope that this country can get back to the freedoms and liberties that we all want i do we have to hold people accountable in washington we have to hold people accountable within within the political spectrum on both sides, you know, Republicans and Democrats, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, um, and no, n- uh, no one ever is, you know, look at um, McConnell, you know, um, he hasn't done anything for the Republican Party, nothing. And you have rhinos who should just, just be Democrats at this point. If you're going to sit here and compromise on things that are not of this country, we elected you to put in policies that would not put the American people of this great country at risk. We have to remember that we are a nation for we the people. Yes, we may elect people into office, but those same people should not be putting their their political agenda over the people. They re- represent their constituents within each various states. Angelo, and, let me let me ask you a question because you bring up the accountability yes. of government, but what about the accountability for each individual? It seems like we have lost the ability to be accountable to ourselves. And really doesn't that where, isn't that where government starts 
holding ourselves accountable. And it seems like so many people in this country now no longer do that. It's always someone else's fault. What are your thoughts there? It's, you know, I think that you're right. You know, we have lost that. We have lost the ability to do that. If someone within the political field commits a crime, especially like drugs or uh, embezzlement or what have you, they, what about what about taking seventeen point three million dollars from foreign nationals? <laughs> <laughs> would yeah, that yes. would that count? <laughs> yes, yes. It's like you. There's a double standard within DC. There's a double standard within this country that we're going to use the DOJ, use the FBI, use these systems to politically target adversarial people just want to have justice in this country we want to have a a country that's free that's a free nation and angelo sometimes i struggle with even considering are we free have we been free in my lifetime, I, as, as I look at it now and I see how big government works so much clearer than I did 10 years ago, I even wonder, have I ever been free in my life? Let me, let me ask you as we, we wrap up here, I, I, I want to get your thoughts on where you see yourself 5, 10, 15 years from now. What are your hopes and dreams for you personally in a political career? You know, I, I I do want to get more involved within the political spectrum and and you know meet people, um and that um I do want to run for office one day. I really do. You know, like I said at the beginning, we are at a crossroads in this country. We need young people in this country to stand up. You know, run for office. Call your local. Uh, government official and understand America isn't gone. You know, we have a, a nation to restore to, 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 to its former glory. I believe that we are a country that can be saved. So we have to start fighting to save it, don't we? She is worth saving. Yes. And yes. Angelo, uh, again, tell everyone where they can find you on social media so they can follow you if they'd like. Any final thoughts? I'm going to leave that to you. I, I really want to thank you for coming on. I want people to hear yeah. young Americans that are trying to make a difference. They're actually active, and you are active. Yeah. And, and Caleb Slater was another one that we had on. And it's so good to hear young people like you that are conservative, that really see the country as it is and what it can be. So you guys can follow me at uh, the Angelo Soto. Um, that's that is all one word on Twitter, on my Instagram account, and um, you know uh, a message I would give to people of this great country is that don't stop fighting. Do not give up. Understand that you matter in this nation and that we have a fight. President Kevin Roberts said this, that the left started this culture war and that um, we're going to end it essentially 
paraphrasing here, but um, yeah, um, there's hope and we have a country to save. And that's Angelo Soto and he is so correct. So, so correct. We do have a country to save. She is worth fighting for. And you hear all the things that he is involved with. He's active. He's 23 years old and he's that active. So what exactly are you doing to make a difference in this great country? It's a question that we all should probably ask ourselves. I want to thank again James Bradley for taking the time to be here. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate out of California. He has an uphill battle ahead of him, but hopefully he can make a difference and take over that Diane Feinstein in seat in the U.S. Senate. Next week, really good show coming for you. I have Craig Huey and Clay Clark. Both of them will be here on Our Lives in Politics. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll talk again next week. Between now and then, have a great, great week. And remember, salt without flavor, it has no value. And it's just tossed on the ground to be stepped on. You were told 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth. So be salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network. Mm-hmm.